0: You know, once I was on the path of wanting to work with data, it was great because I was so motivated. And I was just like, there is a long list of things to learn. But then after a while, you're like, "Okay, I've learned everything that was on my list and I'm doing what I wanted to do. Mm. Now now what?
1: (laughs) Anita Owens is a data analyst based in Stockholm, now working for the company Instabee. I met Anita in February last year when she held an Intro to Data Analysis workshop with my class on the AI Business Consultant program at Hyper Island. She was a catalyst that inspired me to start applying my then-limited programming skills to real data analysis problems in Python, which has led me to a greater understanding of the technical methods modern businesses employ. Anita shares so much knowledge during this episode. She has a knack for translating her mindset and process into transparent and understandable techniques, suggestions and actions for how you might consider your own situation and potential next career steps. This episode is for anyone looking to work or transition into the world of data and how data analysis and other technical roles, which are forever changing, relate to business goals. One other thing, there is a car alarm that goes off around the 12 minute mark and lasts for roughly 15 seconds. Apologies in advance about that. Welcome to the 99 Projects Podcast, a weekly show that deep dives into creative and enterprising projects. Each week we'll uncover the people and stories behind intriguing ventures and discuss the results, outcomes and lessons learned. You can find more information and sign up to our newsletter on our website, 99projectspodcast.com. Enjoy the show. Could you give us a quick background, tell us who you are and what your current situation in the world of data analysis is?
0: Yes, well, I'm originally from Florida, that's where I was born and raised, and my background is in sociology, I went to school for that. And then after a few years of working in mental health and also as a social worker, I decided, well, I wanted to go to law school. Mm. And I thought I needed more education because I wanted to change, of course. And so I went to law school. And then after I graduated law school, it was 2008. And it was a terrible time to graduate in 2008 because the economy had tanked. Mm. And so that was around the time I met my... Now, a husband who's Swedish, and he was living in Sweden, and I was still living back in the U.S. And he's like, "Why don't you come here and just try it out for a while, just living here in uh, Sweden?" So I did. So I decided, well, why not? I'll give it a go. So I moved here, but then I realized very quickly that it's really hard to get a job in Sweden as a foreigner with um, my education and my background. It just it was quite hard, especially if you don't really speak the language. And so, after kind of a few years living here, kicking around, trying to figure out what I want to do with myself, I decided I'm going to. I wanted to just change completely. Um, I had learned a little bit of Swedish, but still, it was still quite hard, uh, at least back then, for foreigners to get a job uh, here in Sweden. I decided to go back to school. So I heard of, of this school called Hyper Island because I had an actual cl- uh, former classmate from college who had recommended it. And I, when she recommended it to me, I thought it was an art school. I had no idea. And she was like, no, they have business courses. And I said, OK, well, I'll give it a go. And at that point, there was a program called Digital Data Strategy, And so I applied to that program and another program as well, but then I got accepted into the digital data strategy program. So I thought, okay, the universe is trying to tell me something. So I'm going to go. Uh, So I was accepted and I said to get in this program. And then my friend also recommended, okay, well, maybe you should learn some coding And during that summer, there was on Coursera, there was a course on Python. And it was like, I think, one of the very first early courses you could learn online. And I took that that summer. And then when I started the program, it was really um, uh, good for me because there were a lot of different people coming in and talking about data in different ways. um, And I was really inspired. I think it was during a lecture uh, where someone was like, yeah, you should get into data science. That's gonna be the future and and things like that. I was like, yeah, I need to do that. And so I had a little bit of Python at that point, but then I just started to study data more in-depth. And so I started to get into R programming. Uh, Also on Coursera, there was the data science specialization program at that point and I started to get involved with that and I really enjoyed it and I just I looked at the list of things I needed because I when I started the program I looked at what types of skills would I need in the future because I decided because I really wanted something to do something completely different than what I I had been doing before but I want to kind of future-proof myself if you will. Mm-hmm. So that's why I thought, okay, I needed some technical skill, but I really didn't know what technical skill. So that's, uh, so it helped me kind of get my mind into, okay, more hands-on coding programming. And then of course at hyper, we work with different projects. So I dabbled a little bit more in HTML and CSS and also web development, which I really enjoyed. And then of course, We're learning all these different areas like digital marketing. Um, But for me, I knew I wanted to focus more on uh, data-related things. Um, So a lot of what I did was basically create the spreadsheet, and, and I looked at different job descriptions, anything that had data in the title. And I looked at, okay, if someone with this job title... Uh, what kind of salary would they make? And I'm just Googling around trying to get more information. And I thought, okay, I definitely need to learn something data related. I definitely need more technical skills. And I just made a list of what kind of skills I need to learn. And I basically just started Googling and using edX, Coursera. Um, I was very early on, with a course, uh, it was a data camp subscription, I was able to uh, invest in myself and decided to, this is what I want to do. And so I need to learn more Excel. And, and then I saw, heard, okay, I need to learn SQL. Okay, oh. what's that? So I had to take a course on that. So I was trying to do all of these things in combination with my education, but also more direct at what I want to do. Um, mm. But. This count kind of how I kind of started down the path of wanting to work with data. Um, And then of course, I was able to gain an internship and I worked more so with marketing at that point, but also with analytics. And then I was able to secure a position where it was like an entry-level junior analyst position. Um, And that's where I was uh, put on an analytics team about two dozen analysts. And that's really where I learned to grow a lot as an analyst because there were more uh, senior people with also different backgrounds and who also had a lot more experience. And for me, that was really when my learning started to take off. So a lot of what I had to learn, of course, was just to get started with the technical skills but then learning from others who are more experienced with the analytical, but also learning what I needed to do in a business setting, for yeah. instance. Yeah. Like, how do you take your analytical skills and apply it into a business so that it actually does provide value? Mm. And so now, <laughs> fast forward a few years, I'm actually working now as a data analyst at InstaB, which is uh, Instabox and Budbee, company here in stockholm
1: oh,
0: Okay, they're together. they are they have merged okay. so now they're one big company uh um as of just a few months so now we're really working on merging and in my function because i work with business intelligence analytics now we're trying to figure out how do we combine these two different data stacks yeah. together so the next few months will probably be quite interesting and quite challenging um, but uh, since we have two different data stacks, and now we need to figure out how to combine these data uh, into one.
1: You're
0: right. From two different companies, um, but yeah, but it's it's good. I I really enjoy what I do. I enjoy the challenge of what I do, and I get to work with a lot of different types of skills. So it's not only just you're not know, just sitting there coding all day. That's not. <laughs> Yeah. Really what an analyst does, I mean, you can, of course, yeah. but a lot of what you do is trying to, like, how do you provide value to the business? Yeah. And so how, what type of data products do they need? Do they need a dashboard? Do they need a report? Do they need, uh, like, a deep dive analysis? Mm. And so, so that's what I am doing. And a lot of what I'm focusing now is more on the engineering part, so my kind of career has kind of evolved now from being an analyst who worked with a lot of marketing to now being an analyst that works with more the engineering side. So the mm-hmm. data engineering. So more Python, more SQL, yeah. more creating the data pipelines that we need from all of these different systems where that generate data and trying to um, put it somewhere. Uh, usually in data warehouse, and then, of course, deriving value from that, doing the transformations that we need to get the data to the business user.
1: Hmm. Cool. Yeah. With your experience of being a data analyst and trying a few different roles within data, what skills, knowledge, or traits do you think are essential uh, for success as a data analyst?
0: Yeah, I think there's a like a big misconception that you have to be like really good at math or that you have to have some type of mathematical background mm-hmm. to be successful. You actually don't, uh, because we have tools that do the math, actually. Even a spreadsheet will do uh, the math. You just really need to be good at connecting the dots, really, and having a good eye for detail mm-hmm. and be able to think logically um, about things um, and... So you don't really need a math background. You just need to have um, the willingness and persistence to learn um, a new skill, basically. So it could be, um, depending on, because the analytics space has really become so big and so wide that um, you could be an analyst that works mostly with Excel, for instance. Um, and, and that's value, that has value in itself. Or you could be the type of analyst where you're working more with data visualization, so visualizing things in a good way. It could be um, in a BI tool like Power BI or Tableau or Data Studio even as well or you could be more of the the person that's actually uh, pulling the data from different sources so you need to be good at data extraction and learning um, like sql or even python or r or even if depending if you work at a bank it might be SAS. it could be there's so many tools but i think the core skills are there you just have to be willing to learn um, and also be able to think logically about things, but um, you don't really have to be good at math or come from a hard sciences background. I think it definitely helps, <laughs> but it, it's um, it's really just being willing to be persistent and learn these different core skills that you need in order to be successful and just think and, you know and analyze mm-hmm. um, from beginning to end like okay, what causes what what uh, what can I derive from? looking at, um, this data here.
1: How do you approach a new data analysis project? Um, I understand that you're working more with data engineering and it's a bit more on the engineering side now. Um, but maybe more in general, what is your process for understanding a problem and defining the scope of the work?
0: Oh yeah, that's, that, I think that could be the hardest thing to learn, uh, especially if you're new to the field, Mm -hmm. uh, because you really have to have a good understanding of what is the question that you're trying to answer? Um, Maybe business stakeholders really aren't giving you the right question. They have an idea that this is the question, but then you have to figure out for yourself, is this really what they're asking for? Mm. And I think the best analysts actually really understand the business problems that they're solving which can mean that you are actually talking to a lot of different people to really try to understand um, what d- business processes um, define perhaps the problem that you're trying to f- trying to figure out. So quickly in trying to just d- 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 figure out what the problem is, um, that's the first step. And then trying to figure out next, okay, well, how do I go about answering this question? If now I have a well-defined question, uh, do I have data that will lead me to um, an answer or even um, an, a hypothesis mm-hmm. as well? So that could be a challenge of, in and of itself, like just being able to say, okay, now I have a well-defined question. I've talked to different stakeholders. I think I understand what I'm trying to uh, answer here, but now do I have the right data to answer this question. And so that would be the next step. And once you do, it, or if you figure out, okay, maybe you don't have the data, um, so you have to gather it, which could you know take a while to do, but maybe you do have it, and, or maybe you have something close to the data that you need so you could do something with that then it's like okay now what do i have here in front of me (laughs) so you could have this big bag of data that you need to now make sense of and so hopefully if you've done your homework and you have defined the problem really well you can make sense of the data but a lot of times what's in front of you might not be something that you can even understand Mm. Uh, for instance. So, and then you're like, okay, now I need to go back and talk to some people try to figure out like what's actually happening. Um, And it could be something as simple as, okay, for yourself, maybe you go through the process of a customer. Um, When I worked um, here at Intercard, if we want to understand, okay, are customers having problems, you know, with the application process, okay, then I would actually go through the process myself to understand how it actually works. And also look at how does the data uh, that's generated from that process, how does that actually look? Um, Just by having this kind of um, roadmap for myself to look at, okay, I need to actually follow this process. Uh, myself and understand okay okay the data looks like this if I do this and if I do this the data looks like this and then that could help you as well understand the data that you have in front of you Um, but then once you have the data that you need it just really is about exploring and a lot of it is just really visualizing it and doing some type of summary making sure you have okay What does the average customer (laughs) do? Or um, what kind of values do I have here? And then a lot of times it's maybe, it just leads you to a hypothesis, what you think um, the answer is. Maybe there's no definitive answer. Sometimes you might have a data analysis project that actually doesn't lead you anywhere because you really can't answer the question with the data that you have. Um, so knowing when to stop as well is an important skill and knowing that maybe there is a smoking gun in this in this data. But a lot of times there might not be anything that you can actually derive from the data that you have. Um, but I think if you have a structured approach, the way you approach it. Uh, problems or data analysis requests or a data analysis project even even if it's just for yourself maybe you just want to examine your own data to see, okay you know when do i sleep best (laughs) um something like that um those types of things as long as you have like some kind of structure some type of idea of the question or the questions that you're trying to answer and Visualize as much as possible um, mm. what the data is uh, showing you and also just making sure you understand how the data is generated can, you know, bring you a lot of different insights to, okay, why the data looks this way, for instance. Yeah,
1: Do you do that? Do you monitor your sleep data? Oh, yeah.
0: Like, okay. I'm one of those crazy people yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> with all my data from my Fitbit, I yeah. check my sleeping habits, how many steps a day. Um and I also track it because um, you, you can export it as well into either spreadsheet or you can export it to any tool that you want mm. and do some additional analysis as wow. well. So, so yeah, sometimes, do, sometimes uh, I do that. Yeah, <laughs> I did download all my Fitbit data once and then it's, all of it comes in these JSON files. Yeah. And then you have to unpack them and then put them in just a regular like columns and rows format so mm. I can see, okay, what are the patterns here? Yeah. <laughs> So, so uh, which was, is quite interesting as well. And also a good test of your skills. Mm. Uh, can you make sense of even your own data exactly, uh, that yeah. you're generating from your different devices?
1: Uh, I'm a big believer in trying data projects related to things that you're interested in. And yeah. your own health is a perfect example. Can you share an example of a data analysis project that you worked on that you found particularly challenging or rewarding?
0: Oh wow! I well, I think for myself, I'm always interested in what kind of areas that I don't know really well. And one of that area was forecasting for me because I really didn't. It just sounded mysterious. This time series forecasting—what does it mean? What it just it seemed like magic, honestly. And of course, you know, I had worked with different, different data before, but not anything um, of that nature. So I started actually on my own time. Started with some time series uh, forecasting courses online. Um, and also, um, I bought a book as well on time series forecasting. So I could actually go through and start learning more about it in depth. And then I decided, okay, well, how am I going to reinforce this learning? I might not even use it with my my work at all. So I decided to, okay, well, maybe I should like write up something. Um, and I started using medium for instance and start writing some articles on the medium platform of my learning what how i was learning it and that actually was really cool for me because i actually got some readers who were actually interested in what i was writing about and i was only just writing about what i was learning i wouldn't consider myself an expert by any means i'm just learning something and then trying to figure out okay how can i strengthen my learning and Well, what would I wish um, I had been able to read when I was Googling these things? And then that's how I kind of got started. Um, So for me, that was really um, a challenge because there was like, it really is another kind of rabbit hole that you can go down because there's all these different areas of data that you could uh, focus on, for instance. Um, And so, because you can't know everything. It's not possible. You can try. <laughs> you can try. <laughs> but you can know everything. But for me, that was a, a good push myself a little bit more in learning different type of forecast models. What, what does it mean? What is a winter's halt forecast model? What does that even mean? Well, and, uh, but learning about the, those things on my own. So for me, that was a, a big challenge because I wasn't really doing it for work. I was really doing it for myself. Um, to, to basically tr- to figure out, okay, how can I continue to drive my own learning as well? Uh, because I think in a work environment, you might get into this kind of pitfall where you're actually doing the same things over and over again. So sometimes it's really hard to um, grow in your role uh, or grow your analytical skills in a different way. So you kind of have to be on the lookout for those types of pitfalls, Um, either figure out how you can work on different projects at work that might continue to grow your skills. And if not, then why not just do do that on your own um, and figure out, okay, how can I continue this kind of um, journey as well? Because once I was on the path of wanting to work with data, it was great because I was so motivated and I was just like, there is a long list of things to learn. But then after a while, you're like, okay, I've learned everything <laughs> that was on my list and I'm doing what I wanted to do. Mm. Now now what? Yeah. <laughs> so my that's... list
1: is so long. I don't know, but I'm, <laughs> I'm amazed you got to that point where you hit the bottom. Yeah. But there will be a point where you're probably
0: going to finish your list and then you're going to be like, okay, now what? Yeah. How do you keep growing? How do you keep learning? I mean, because there are always going to be new tools to learn, of course, but, um, but that's not realistic uh, as well because you can't learn every new tool that comes out there because there's just too many. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for, so for me, I think uh, the biggest challenge for me now is going to be how do I keep learning and growing um, and doing things on my own and also at work. So now I'm doing more, uh, more technical tasks uh, through work so I can continue growing in that way as, mm. as well. So
1: How do you stay up to date with the latest tools, languages and techniques in data analysis?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's you have to kind of stay plugged in to what's out there and it's 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 pretty today you can be on LinkedIn. Um, There's always people on LinkedIn posting the newest thing, uh, subscribing to different blogs as well. So I do have a medium subscription so I can read all the articles Uh, because a lot of people are actually publishing good content. Mm So trying to stay up to date is hard, but I think it's easy now you can just kind of uh, say what are people talking about uh, right now Um, in the different uh, platforms, social media platforms. But I think, you know, going to like different uh, events and also just um, just staying plugged in Mm -hmm. as well. but i think it's much easier to do because there's a lot out there and a lot of people are posting a lot of different content Mm. but i think um you do have to make sure that you're not um going to drown yourself with too much uh because it's really easy to to get distracted by the shiny new thing
1: absolutely
0: and and it's like okay you have to think okay is this gonna provide value for me now uh, or in the future, do I need to learn this or can I focus on, you know, what I've been doing? I think I think there is definitely value in just being good at the basics. Mm. You don't have to, you know, learn the newest shiny thing that comes along sure. because the basics actually never change.
1: Mm.
0: And I think there's value in just being really good at those kind of core skills core tools that never go out of style like Excel will never go out of style yeah. anytime soon and just being able to do some analysis for instance in Excel is always going to be valuable but yeah, I try not to be you know get too distracted make sure the core skills are there and and definitely explore these new things as they come out. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe just do a little bit of homework like okay is this going to be something interesting, or maybe this is a fleeting thing that will uh, go away in a a few. I
1: hope you're enjoying the episode so far. There is a lot of great information from Anita here. You can find a summary of the key points on the blog post for this episode at our website, 99projectspodcast.com. Next, Anita breaks down the different types of data roles and terminology that can be confusing and daunting, especially if you're just starting out in this area or trying to figure out in which direction to focus. She also answers how data analysts manage expectations from business stakeholders, how AI might affect the industry, recommendations on where and what to learn, as well as advice for people looking to get into or transition into a role in data
0: there's always new job titles and new roles that are, I try not to pay, put too much attention on the job title itself. Really, what does the job entail? What is the day-to-day work? Hmm. What is it that you're actually doing? You might not have this distinction between a data engineer who's doing all of the data extraction and getting it into a data warehouse or data lake versus a data scientist who's building predictive models, but maybe that's also the machine learning engineer who's doing that as well, It's there might not even be that distinction. You could be a person that, okay, you have to do the data extraction, you have to do build a data model here or some type of machine learning model, and you're also doing the, the front work where you're actually interacting with the business and trying to make sure that they understand, okay, now what do they do with this? Uh, information um that so i it's mostly i think mostly in big companies where you have these really hard distinctions mm. between the different roles but i don't pay attention to job title pay attention to what they're actually doing yeah. um uh because you might be i there was actually i got an email from a recruiter the other day and it was the job title was data engineer however it said, you really have to be good at front-end development, back-end development, natural language processing as well, and also be great at Google Cloud. And it's like, okay, no, that's like multiple jobs. jobs yeah. <laughs> that is not a data engineer. That's like uh, three or four different people mm. Um, because it's really hard to be good at not only data extraction, but building data models. Yeah. Because that that requires a different kind of skill set. Like how do you optimize um, a machine learning algorithm? Mm. Um, so I think th- the focus should be like, what does the day-to-day job entail? Um, and try to focus more on that than the job title. Because the job titles can also shift and morph as yeah. well. Um, so uh, for me, it's... In a bigger organization, it would be clear, a data engineer does all of the work to get the data into a usable format. And then maybe data scientists, data analysts, machine learning engineers, they're working with the data in some way. Mm. Um, and more the data scientist role, machine learning engineers, they're trying to build some type of prediction, some type of build, some type of data product that can help the business run better. or some type of process. And the data analysts, they're, they're really focused more on business with the business. They're interacting with the business. They're really trying to derive value out of the, the data that comes out. So it could be something like building a dashboard or it could be uh, doing some analysis and then presenting your findings and maybe a list of recommendations like how do you improve business processes based on what I found here in the data. Um, So it's, um, but keep in mind that not all organizations are the same Mm. and roles are going to shift and morph and you might find yourself dabbling in different areas uh, that kind of covers what they are now, but in the future, we might not even, there might be new data roles that haven't even been invented yet, for instance, um, that uh, will have some focus on data, but who knows yet.
1: I heard there was new business opportunities by being able to create prompts for ChatGPT and Bali. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's crazy how fast everything moves in this industry. Yeah. Room.
0: Yeah. So maybe what you'll be doing in six months hasn't really been invented yet. So right. it's going to be, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, what's, what's coming. Absolutely.
1: When working on a data analysis project in your place of work or in your previous places of work, um, How do you communicate your findings to stakeholders? What techniques do you use to effectively convey insights that you've uncovered through your analysis?
0: Yeah, I think it's much easier if you make it very visual. And also I would basically um, keep it simple. So if you have a, in the best projects, answer a very specific question. Because usually that's where you're going to gain the most insights. You just have a very narrow question that you're trying to answer and you can answer it. So I for business stakeholders, make it super visual Mm -hmm. and also just state what what the insight is. (laughs) So you don't want them to read too much. Don't make your, your audience read too much. Just tell them what it is and make it really visual. And it, it can be really easy. It can be a simple bar chart. It can be a simple um, like process map, Or for instance, where you say, OK, this, if we do this, if we cut out this one step, maybe in the customer journey, we will improve revenue by X percent. And everyone is like, oh, wow, let's do that. Exactly. So it's super, super simple. Keep it simple. Keep it very visual. And don't let your audience have to read too much. Mm. Um, And just state really clearly what it is that they need to do in order to make uh, this improvement or to save money. Usually it's to save money or make money, gain more customers. That's really what the business wants to do. Um, And just tie that together. And and that's how you really win over um, the business yeah. uh, with data.
1: So, how do you balance the need for accuracy and precision with the demands of time and resources in your work as a data analyst?
0: Oh wow! You actually you have to choose. Hmm. I, I I tell this to people all the time. Is you want it, you can have it fast, or you can have it right. You can't have both. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> so I think with the experience, you also do get better and you do, of course, become faster and you have faster results. Um, but um, a lot of what you're going to do is making sure what you're presenting is accurate because that's more important than actually being fast because if you're wrong then you could lead, uh, help lead the company making the decision that actually loses uh, money or doesn't improve a business process in any way. Mm. Um, so you don't want that to happen because that means the credibility of your work isn't up for question. They'll be like, why are we paying this analyst to give us the wrong information? Yeah. So I think it's more important to be right um, and rather than to be fast um, because uh, being fast could lead you to make the wrong decisions. Yeah. Um, but yes, but they do have to choose. They have to choose one or the other. They can't have it both ways.
1: In your opinion, what are the biggest challenges facing companies that need to understand and process data today? Do you see the data analysis field evolving in the future? And how do you see AI affect, augment, or change? The current processes?
0: Well, I think the business problem has probably been the same for the last many years. It's really being able to get the data, because a lot of companies have a lot of data, but they're spread out in a lot of different systems. But you have to figure out a way, how do you get all that data into one place? Mm. And there's a lot of tools now that make this actually a lot easier. Um, and I think the future will be, okay, now we have all the data in this one place. How do we make sense of all of this data? Maybe you can't afford a big analytics team. So to do that. So that's where probably more AI tools are coming in. Cause now there's a lot of tools that have this kind of AI, uh, that you can turn on Mm -hmm. out of the box, for instance. Yeah. Um, And I think that's going to be more important because um, a lot of companies don't have people who have the skills to be able to make sense of all the data that's generated, all the data that they might have. Um, They need some help into gaining those insights. And I think that's where all of these probably uh, fancy tools that might come in, these kind of plug and play, where you basically plug in your data into this tool, and then this tool can help... uh, say, okay, this is what you need to do to get X number of more customers, or, or this is a problem, or, oh, we saw a drop in your customer visits last week, uh, mm-hmm. things like that. So there are a lot of tools that have this you know, built in. Uh, Salesforce, of course, yeah. uh, even Google Analytics, for instance, has um, this kind of intelligence built into its tool. Um, so I think we're gonna see a lot more of that. Uh, kind of plug and play where you're going to get some type of AI help right out of the box Hmm. with your data.
1: Okay, cool. Can you recommend any resources, books, online courses, etc., for those who are interested in pursuing a career in data analysis?
0: DataCamp is quite good. Um, Coursera as well is quite good. Um, I also um, use DataQuest as well and I think they're, uh, they have some good resources, and, I, and that there's quite many uh, schools that have um, a lot of their courses online, like their computer science courses, for instance, like MIT and Harvard and, and Stanford, all these big schools with their very popular courses, um, and they have their famous courses online. Those are the few that I use. I, I also do like Strata. A scratch for testing your Python knowledge or your SQL knowledge as well. And it's really good for practice, especially if you're um, going out to interview, because there might be some technical test that you have to pass. So you should definitely make sure you practice. But for me, I think those um, are the are the core ones that I've used um, to just um, dig deep a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely any type of university level. Make sure you take a, a statistics class. Any university level statistics course will do the trick. Yeah. Uh, because I took statistics in college, but I didn't remember half of it. So, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I need to get a refresher. Um, and now there are quite many and good ones on online. So, but yeah, I think if you just stick to the kind of core now, like big e-learning platforms. And I think also, and Udemy has some good courses as well. If you really need to learn something like very fast, for instance, um, or a specific area or topic that you need to kind of gain knowledge on really quickly. Those can also, that can also help.
1: What advice do you have for someone who's just getting started in their career as a data analyst or looking to transition into a career as a data analyst?
0: Yeah, you definitely need to focus on those core technical skills because you still need a a bit of technical uh, skills to be able to even get a foot in the door. Um, If you are transitioning, I think you just have to put yourself out there because there's a lot of people who also are interested in the field now. And so you have to figure out what's gonna make you different um, Mm -hmm. and use your background, your knowledge as well that like what can you bring to the table that might be different from someone else, uh, the next person who's also doing the same things. Uh, So making sure you work on those core skills, uh, bringing your knowledge and your experience to the table and making sure that you find some type of way of uh, putting yourself out there, let people know like, okay, I'm doing this. And also work on your own personal projects, I think is a great way of learning um, and also the struggle of <laughs> get you used to the struggle sometimes of working with data. Sometimes it's not all you know, rainbows. And <laughs> sometimes it can be hard or maybe you have a really tough assignment that, um, that you're not sure what to do uh, with. So, um, but definitely put yourself out there, tell people I'm learning this, I'm doing this, working on your projects, um, continue focusing on those core technical skills and try to connect with people that are also in the, in the industry or in the field that you're interested in. Mm. I think that's that's going to be more important uh, than anything else because you need a way of standing out. Yeah. Uh, and especially if it's a crowded field, um, which it, it is. But there's also still so much opportunity as well.
1: Absolutely. Okay, Amita, Thank you so much for coming and doing this. Um, Thank you for listening to this talk on carving out a career as a data analyst with Anita Owens. You can follow Anita on LinkedIn or Medium with the handle Anita Owens. All the links to the courses and resources referenced in the talk can be found in the show notes. We've also summarized a lot of the key points made by Anita on the blog post for this episode. If you're enjoying this podcast, feel free to subscribe wherever you're tuning in from. You can also leave questions or comments via the contact form on our website. 99projectspodcast.com The 99 Projects podcast was produced, edited and mixed by David Richardson and music by Jen Erickson We'll be back next Tuesday with our guest Mikkel Olson, a consultant in the audio and film industry who discusses his journey through entrepreneurship as a professional media consultant See you then